Church, the greatest enemy of our faith life is not the devil. I know that may seem like a surprise to some, but I'm going to share with you the greatest enemy to your faith life on today's episode of The Faith Life. Hey, what's up, church? It is your dear brother, Damaris Johnson. Welcome to another edition of The Faith Life, where I share with you the keys, the principles, and the methodology that God has given us so that we can possess the abundant life that Jesus Christ came and died for us to possess. In Romans, the uh, first chapter, in Habakkuk, the second chapter, in Galatians, the third chapter, in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, we are emphatically declared that we will live life by faith as the just, as the believers of God, we shall live by faith. So come on, declare that with me. Say, I will live by faith. In today's episode, we're going to look at the third place where the declaration is found in Galatians, the 11th, I'm sorry, Galatians, the third chapter, the 11th verse. Um, but I'm going to do something a little different today. Uh, I'm going to share with you the um, ser- from the service where I where I preach this message uh, to the to the to the family of the worship center. Um, I'm going to come right in and allow you to hear that audio so direct. I was so um, excited about this message and, and and since then anointing on this message to you know uh, remove the burden and break destroy the yoke of legalism. So I wanted to share this message with you. So uh, I pray you enjoy it. I'm going to be sharing some things. Um, that may relate more directly to the families of the worship center, but I'm sure you can find a very practical usage for yourself as well. So listen, be blessed. What came to me was, the thought that came to me was teach my people faith. The thought that came to me was teach my people faith. That's all I, that's all I kept hearing that morning was teach my people faith. You know, um, and, the, and, the, and my ministry would, would center around teaching God's people faith. And I started down that journey. I began to pursue it, and then it became. It, it actually became. I, I got myself. I let myself allow myself to get distracted from it. But it always was in an undercurrent of what it is that we discussed and we talked about. And so I want to get back to it. Time, you know, different times periodically uh, over the years, but I really feel pressed toward it like I've never been pressed toward it before. And um, we, we've actually rebranding all of our social media stuff to center around the faith life. That concept came to me about the faith life and how that life is all encompassing. You know, when we think faith life, we think we think we think in increments. Um, we think in 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 compartments, and that's okay. But we first got to see it as a comprehensive lifestyle, a way we live, a comprehensive whole, uh, the way we live. And, and, and it was and it was heightened as you read the as you read, as I, every year, um, brother and I we go through our Bible one way or the other. We want to reread it, but as I'm going through the Gospels this year, I'm I'm seeing the I'm seeing the emphasis that Jesus put on faith, the emphasis that Jesus put on living by faith. He put a he put a great emphasis on living by faith in the midst of his people. And he put a, I'm a, I'm a, every, everywhere he went, everything, every time he talked about certain things, it was about, it was about your faith that's made thee whole, or, or ye of little faith, or greatest thy faith. It was, the emphasis was on faith. And then as I meditated this thing out and I thought about it, the, the highest level, and we mentioned this earlier, of that God desired man to function 
as he functions is by faith. You can't function on, on a higher plane of faith or you can't function on a higher plane in life than by faith. That's the highest level of... See, that's why, that's why in answering my question, I was driving in the car the other day. What was it, last week I think it was. I said, Lord, why does our believing move you so? Those things interest me about God. I want to know, I want to know God. I want to know him. I want to know how what moves him. I said, Lord, what, what is it about us believing you that moves you so? Why does things move you the way they move you? And the thought came to me that when man believes God, when Abraham believed God, Abraham, Abraham began to function in a degree of life that God had originally created man to function in. When Adam fell, he fell from that position of living by faith. He fell from that position that God had created him to walk in. And God's greatest desire is to put his, was his purpose for sending Jesus was so that Jesus can demonstrate how mankind was created to live and, and to put man back in a position to live by faith. To put man back on that plane of living there where he can function and walk as God his father functions and walks. That's what Jesus Christ came to give man that ability once again to live at the highest plane possible for life. And that's by walking, living by faith. And we've, we've relegated and we've allowed certain um, uh, movements to determine what that looks like when we should look at Jesus and how he lived life. Which should result to our word. And we don't, we don't allow the doctrines and the traditions and the concepts of men to really uh, get us off track or off focus of what the faith life looks like. It's a lifestyle that is, listen, that has no rules or regulations in a certain sense. You let, you're led by the Spirit of God. Jesus emphasized it when, he, when, when you read it. He, I, mean, I mean, to pray, to pray, to pray, picture this. You're about to go through the most tragic experience in your life. You're about to fall from a position. You're about to lose your job. You're about to lose your, 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 your possessions. You're about to get, be, be talked about. You're about to be laughed at. You're about to be ridiculed. You're about to go through a living hell. And you come to me and you say, Pastor, I need some help. I'm going through this. I won't need a new job. I might lose this. I might not have that. I might lose this. I might lose everything that I have. People are going to talk about me. People are going to laugh at me. They're going to tell me what I ain't. They're going to say I told you so. They're going to wag their finger at me. They're going to shake their head at me. They're going to talk about me like I'm nothing. I need you to help me. And I say to you, Audrey, I pray for you that your faith don't fail you. And I shake your hand and I walk away. What you going to think? Like, is that all, that's all you're going to do? That's all you're going to give me? That's all you're going to say to me? What about, what about my house? What about my job? What about people talking about? I pray for you that your faith. And guess what? Not only that, but when you get through this, you're going to be able to strengthen all your friends and your family. See, but Jesus knew the power of faith. When Peter came to him, right before Peter was getting ready to deny him, which to Peter was like, oh, that was, that was man, you, he better go take his own life at something like that. 
People are going to laugh at him, talk about But he said, Peter, he said, son, he said, Satan has desired to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. Now, you might think that he prayed that Satan wouldn't sift him. You might think that he prayed that all, everything that he go, was about to go through, he wouldn't go through it. He said, no, no, I'm not going to pray that you don't be sifted. I'm not going to pray that you don't go through it. But what I'm going to pray is that your faith, because the power of your faith to deal with Satan's sifting is greater. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. I don't care what he put you through. Your faith will allow you to overcome it. That's how powerful our faith is. God's people need to know how to live by faith. How to allow their faith to bring them through the siftings and the challenges that we have to go through. It's by faith. That's why Jesus was so, so animate about us living by faith. That's why Paul would defend the faith no matter what. He would defend it with his own life. And that's what the book of Galatians is all about. The book of Galatians is about Paul defending the hearing of faith instead of being obedient to the laws and regulations of man. He was defending the cause of faith, of living by faith and not by the religious uh, legalistic way of mankind. Four places in the gospel it was declared to us that the just shall live by faith. I'm sorry, four places in the word of God that was declared to us that the just shall live by faith directly that i found another place that jesus said it but he used different words but it's the same spirit he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of god that's jesus saying the same thing but four times specifically it's declared that the just shall live by faith habakkuk the first uh the second chapter the, the, the fourth chapter the second verse or no the second chapter the fourth verse romans the first chapter 17th verse we talked about last week Galatians the the uh, third chapter the 11th verse and Hebrews the 10th chapter the 38th verse we're going to go through all four of those specific places today we're going to deal with the Galatians the third chapter the 11th verse and, the, and we're going to speak to you from the thought of overcoming overcoming the enemy of our faith okay the book of Galatians was written to a people that Paul had went to and converted and brought them to a place to where they were established in their faith, in their believing. Mighty miracles took place uh, when Paul went to them and preached to them the gospel. Folks got saved and they were healed, they were delivered, and the Spirit of God came in and moved, and they were, they were walking in the miracles, and they were enjoying the fellowship and the power of the Holy Ghost. But what would happen was, after every time Paul would leave a particular community or location, what was called the Judaizers, those who were who were zealous for the traditions that Paul formerly used to uh, propagate was would come behind Paul and say, you know what? Paul don't have no authority to tell y'all y'all don't have to obey the laws of Moses. Paul don't have no authority to tell you as a Gentile that you are a part of the, com the, the commonwealth of Israel, that you are part of the promise of Abraham, but you don't have to be circumcised. Paul don't have the authority to do that, and that's not right. And they would come behind Paul. So when God would lead Paul to go to a Rochester, then the folks would follow behind Paul. They would come and they would plant in Buffalo. And they would go specifically to the people Paul had been, been fellowshiping with and saying, we are here by the authority of the church at Jerusalem and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and whatever. And they say, even though you've experienced this, you still got to keep these requirements. You still got to obey the laws of Moses. You still got to do all these things that benefited them. That helped them in their cause. And Paul would be furious about this. And to one point, the pastor said, I, I, wish, I wish they were all cut off. I wish they were all gone. 
Because what they're doing is they're causing you not to walk in the faith that God has called you in. So Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians. What he would do is he would get in the habit of writing letters and sending his disciples, Timothy, um, and different people who would follow him, sending them back to the particular community. And then he really got wise. He started, that's when his apostleship began to come out. What he would do, he would go and he would stay in the place for a couple of years, but then he would, he would leave a pastor back behind him. He wouldn't leave them to themselves anymore. He would, leave, he would leave a pastor back there or an elder or somebody who could lead them and continue to teach them in the word of God because he knew these folks were going to come behind them. So he would leave somebody back there who could contend, as the Bible says, contend for their faith. So this letter to the Galatians was Paul's first letter to a church in defense of the gospel of faith that he wanted them to abide in. And there were some powerful things that we can pick up from this letter that we can understand and how to apply to our life. The way that they lived from a legalistic standpoint is slightly different from the way we live today in its mechanics. It's still the same in the spirit. But by in the mechanically, it's different. We're not, we're not trying to keep the 663 laws that they had to keep in the book of Moses. We're not, we're not trying to, uh, we're not worried about nobody coming behind us today telling us if we, don't, if we don't do this, if we don't get circumcised, then we won't be right with God. Those aren't the things that they're telling us anymore. They're not telling us that you can't eat certain foods and you got you to gotta observe certain holidays and you got to observe certain traditions or the elders of the fathers of Israel or the, or the religions of Israel back in the day. There were so many things that took place during that time. There were, there were man-made um, traditions that was implied upon the church as if they were from God. So what would happen was, Paul would say, you don't have to keep none of those things. You don't have to deal with none of those things in order, in order for you to be the righteousness of God. We're not, we're not held to those things anymore. But what we do in our day, what we do in our day is, and in some circles, in some real religious circles, in Catholicism, for example, if you don't, you know, if you don't pay a certain amount to the church, then, then you cursed. Things like that. If you don't do certain, certain things, then it's going to be hard for you to, you know, make it out of purgatory into where you suppose where you want to go for us from a heavenly perspective. So there's a lot of there's a lot of deep religious things that's still going. But then in the charismatic circles, there are still some things that you know that take place that that aren't necessarily truth, but and, and will put us in a point of legalistic living that causes us to fall from the grace that God has called us to. Or fall out of the faith life God has called us to. So whether we're trying to keep 663 laws that they were trying to keep in, in, the, in, the, in the book of Galatians. Or we're trying to do whatever it is that either comes upon me or that somebody tries to put upon me. Depending on what circles of, of faith that I run in. That, that I don't necessarily have to have in order for me to be walking right with God. I'll give you an example. When I first got saved, I didn't know nothing about the traditions of the church. I didn't know anything about it. So water baptism was something that that we do in church. Folks get saved, what they're supposed to do. They get baptized, right? Well, when I got saved, I got saved at home. I wasn't, I never grew up in church. I'd never been in church. I mean, I got saved. I got filled with the Spirit. I was speaking with new tongue, whatever it's the other tongue. I had it all. I got everything. But I hadn't been baptized in water. I hadn't been baptized in water. Then I heard a man say, well, if you ain't never been baptized in water, then you can't be saved. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> who, who said that? Who said that? Well, if, if you ain't never spoken in tongues, then you ain't, never, you ain't baptized in the Spirit. Well, wait a minute. 
That, who said that? I remember one time I went to a church. Now, now, mind you, I, I've been I've been saved long, but I received. I learned how to receive from God. I learned how to receive some things from God. I'm in the service one time. The guy came up to me, asked me if he wanted to pray for me. Could he pray for me? I said, you can pray for me. He went to pray for me. I just, you know, I put my hand, I put my hand off the little man pray for me. He said, no, no, no. He said, no. He said, when I pray for you, if you really, if you really want to receive from God, you got to lift your hands up. What? Well, who told you that? See, these are traditions and, and, and obligations people put on you to make you feel like you're more righteous than what God has already made you that puts you in a position where you can receive. I, I don't necessarily have to, you know, you go, you go up the line to get prayer, man lay his hands on If you don't fall out, then you didn't get nothing. But see, no, these are these are these are ways to put us back into a legalistic mentality. I could have said to y'all this morning, if you don't read your Bible, then you ain't you ain't spiritual as you think you are. Yeah, I could say something like that, and that immediately will put you in a place where, in order for me to be spiritual, I gotta read my Bible more. Then you get caught up in that web wall. I didn't read my Bible for, for 30 minutes today. Am I? You know, we get caught up in things like that. Well, Paul said, no, 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 none of that. None, none of that matters. What matters is a life of believing God. Now, you're believing on the other side of that. Your believing will cause you to do certain things. And that's where people get confused. James says, show me your faith without works. And I'll say, I'll tell you your faith is dead. It don't, it, it's not active. It ain't doing nothing for you. So what you believe should cause you to do certain things. Not what you do should cause you to believe certain things. And that's where they get it mixed up. Paul says, if you, listen, if you get circumcised, then Christ is dead. It, it don't mean nothing to you. And the man that came to me and said, said, um, well, Brother Johnson, you ain't been baptized. You couldn't, you ain't, you ain't saved. You ain't been filled with the Holy Spirit. You ain't spoken no tongue. And I would say, oh, what? You know what? He right. I got to do this. I, I, I would have fallen from the place that God had given, that God had placed me upon. We got to see that. So Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians in defense of their experience that they had experienced without being circumcised. Without going through the tradition of their father. Without trying to keep the... He said, man, he said, your forefathers have been trying to keep that stuff all their life and they couldn't get the job done. I come to you and I preach to you about the faith, about believing God. And next thing you know, y'all get saved. Miracles break out. Spirit of God move upon you. All these things begin to happen in your life. Somebody going to come back behind me now and going to tell you, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And you're going to accept that. He said, oh, foolish Galatians. He said, that's foolishness. Christ Jesus was set forth before you ever. I showed you line upon line, precept upon precept, that Christ was crucified for you, that Jesus was the Christ. I showed you all this line upon line. After I showed you this, Spirit of God came in, saved everybody, healed everybody, delivered everybody. Miracles took place before you. And then somebody will come. He said, who hath bewitched you that you should obey, that you shouldn't obey the truth? This thing had bothered Paul. He says, man. Holy Ghost that moved on your behalf. He said this, and we'll pick it up in, in, uh, in chapter 3. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians the third chapter, says lesson. Let's pick it up in Galatians the third chapter. First verse. He says, 
O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been ever evidently set forth, crucified among you? He said, listen, he said, this is the only thing I want to, I want you to tell me something. He said, I want, I want to learn this from you. Tell me something. Receive you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, when you think, when we think works of the law, think legalism, legalistically, think legalism. Think, think like this, thinking I have to do something outside of me believing to be right with God. I got to get circumcised. I got to keep the law in their case. But the spirit of that think I got to do something to be right with God instead of believing unto righteousness and then doing something because I'm righteous. You got everybody with me? Because that's a subtle change. Everybody with me? Legalism is thinking that I can do some work. I can work my way into being right with God. That I, I, I can be circumcised. I can do this in their day. In our day, that means I got I to gotta be, a, a, I got to join this church. I have to, you know, I got to wear this color shoes. I, I got to read my Bible this long. I got to pray for an hour. And that's going to make me right with God. It could be anything like that. Instead of first believing your way unto righteousness. And now that I am the righteousness of God, now that I am the I'm going to read my Bible for this long. I'm going to pray for this long. I'm going because the righteousness is propelling me to do it. I'm not doing it because I'm, I'm trying to get righteous now. I'm doing it because I am righteous and that's what the righteous is supposed to do. Everybody understand that? Say, Pastor D, I understand that. Y'all get that because that's important. That's important. Now, now Paul said, listen, receive you the, the, the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Did you get this thing by trying to keep the 63 laws of Moses or, or, or by hearing about the word of faith that Jesus Christ brought to us and we preached to you and we received and you received the spirit of God? He said, I'm going to learn that from you. You tell me. Paul said, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit. Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? This was the crux of the matter for the book of Galatians. This is the crux of the matter for the church. We begin our lifestyle in the spirit by faith. Now we're striving to be perfected in Christ Jesus. It's only going to happen one way. That's by the spirit. Paul said, we through the spirit. He said, we through the spirit. He said, he said are you so having begun in the spirit? See, a lot of times we start off right, but then we get off track. We start off right, then we go astray. We start off believing something, then we try to do it, but finish it by works. Paul said, don't work like that. Having begun in the spirit, you are, the only way for you to come to that point of maturity and perfection is by the spirit. It's the same way. Well, others will try to get you in order for you to become mature, or in order for you to become perfected, the things that God has had for you, you have to now follow a bunch of rules and regulations. Listen, it's so foreign. It's so foreign in some circles to be led by the spirit that once they encounter a person being led by the spirit they become a heretic <laughs> that's, lip, that's walking by the spirit they become viewed as somebody that's off or somebody that's crazy or somebody that's doing something that God would have them to do because when everybody else in the room is sick and you get one person that's healed the one person that's healed is the one that becomes sick because he's abnormal he ain't like everybody else so something gotta be wrong with him so let's get rid of him, okay? It's, we have to get to the place to where the, 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 the visuals 
of walking by faith are so familiar that when we see somebody not doing it, when we see somebody trying to live legalistically before God, it becomes so obvious that we can say, hey, 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 that ain't right. You need to stop that or you're going to fall off. You're going to fall from grace. Okay. It says this. It says, um, have ye suffered so many things in vain if it be yet in vain? Therefore, the, def, he that therefore that ministered to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, how did he do it? By the works of the law or by hearing about the life of faith? Paul said, by hearing by the life of faith. He said, even Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Now, know ye therefore that which they are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham? And the scripture foreseeing God was justified the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of the faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as of the works of the law are under the curse. How is it that the curse begins to manifest in the life of the believer? Because they get out of faith and they start walking by the rules and regulations of, of legalism. When they're not in faith, you open the doorway for the manifestation of the cursed things that manifest in your life. What does that look like practically? Here's how that looks practically. You feel like you got to keep this regulation. I got to, I didn't go to service on Sunday. Oh, man. I didn't go to service on Sunday. That means the rest of my week going to be messed up. Man, I didn't make it to church. Oh, man. Then you wake up Tuesday morning. Oh, man. Man, I didn't go to church. Man, man, I'm probably ain't going to be favored on the job today. What you, what are you doing now? You start to bring a whole lot of negative energy into your life. You don't open the door up. You don't open the door up for, man. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't go to church on Sunday. So that means, that means Brother Allen going to be mad at me. And when you see Brother Allen, what you going to do? You're going to avoid Brother Allen. You know, oh man, pastor, pastor, oh man, I didn't come to church on Sunday. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, that mean I, I didn't get to pay my tithe. So now pastor going to see, I didn't pay my tithe. Now he going to be thinking that I, I, I'm, I'm doing up, you know, that's what happens. You, you, the, you open yourself up for certain things. It's not, it's not, it's not paying your tithe that positions you in your righteousness. It's not you coming to church on Sunday that positions you into being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not you not, you know, not, sing, not singing a worship song that positions you, or it's not you coming in here participating in worship that positions you to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's those things that helps you to declare. It's doing those things that helps you to live out or live up to who God has made you to be. But positionally, how was you made to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? By doing what? By believing. By believing. Now that I believed, now I live these things out. Okay? And the people say, it says, um, cursed is everyone that continue not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. So Paul encircled the declaration that the just shall live by faith around the idea or the concepts of legalism. He says, man, do away with all those things. The manifestation and the miracle that came about in your life did not come by you keeping the law. But it, it, it came by you hearing about believing God as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And then all the blessing of Abraham began to flow in his life. He said this. He said, but 
that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident that just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is being cursed everyone that hangeth on the tree. This is referencing Christ and how he died. Everybody understand that? At that moment, when Christ was placed upon the cross and all of the sin of mankind was placed upon him, is when God had to look away from him because God can't look upon sin. And he was cursed. And he took upon him the curse of sin of all mankind when he was upon the cross. So that gives us some insight into what took place on the cross. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through, Christ, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, Paul was defending the gospel of grace. Paul was defending his message of believing God and believing your way unto righteousness by declaring that the just shall live by faith. Say that when we say, I will live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The enemy to your faith life is legalism. If there's one thing that will cause you to get out of faith and miss out on the blessings of, of faith, is when I get over into trying to maintain a legalistic relationship with God himself. It's like this. Justin has responsibilities at the house. Whatever they are. Whatever they are. He has 10 things he's supposed to do. I don't care what, what those 10 things are. No matter what. Let's just say he don't do none of the things that he's supposed to do at the house. He don't do not one. There's one thing that can't change. There's one thing that he can't, that no matter how rebellious he becomes, naturally speaking, there's one thing that he can't, we can't do anything about. What is that? I ain't nothing I can do about that. That is what it is. That is what it is. His faith in that. Him believing it. Ain't nothing, son. Ain't nothing you can do there's nothing, here's, here's, here's an even better example. There's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do. He could, he could, how much is the, how much is the lotto now? How much is it? Is it still, somebody hit it? Somebody want it? Somebody hit it? Oh, I ain't, I ain't even know that. I, ain't, I just, somebody, somebody, I was going through the toll the other week. Now I was going through the toll. I went through the toll the other day. I was going my way to um, G&G Fitness. I went through the toll and the, and the lady said something like, I sure hope I hit that. And if that's when she told me how big, how big it was, like billions of dollars, wasn't it? Like, I'm a whole, I hope I hit that one billion dollars. I'm like, oh yeah, I hope you hit it too. I ain't know nothing about it. My point is, he could hit the lot of be, become a billionaire and, and build, build me a house and buy me whatever I want to buy. That still ain't gonna make him no more my son than he was before he did that. See, we get over into thinking that we can do something to get closer to God than we already are. We can't get no closer to God than we already than position than we already are. We are seated with him in Christ Jesus. We are seated in Christ, with Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. We can't get no better. We can't get no closer. We just got to learn how to take advantage of that. Okay? So what Paul was defending was the faith life that God has called us to. And all the blessing that's associated with it. Don't allow 
the legalistic culture of you trying to do whatever it is that man wants you to do to be right with God, to influence you to get yourself in a position where you actually fall from faith over into a works mentality to be right with God. The blessing, the blessing that we're looking for is found in the faith life. That's where it is. Abraham tapped into it. And that's why he became the father of faith. He said, if you're the sons and daughters of Abraham, don't get caught up in the legalism that they want you to get caught up in. He says, listen, go to verse, go to chapter three, go to chapter, uh, the third chapter. The fifth chapter, I'm sorry, the fifth chapter, I'm sorry, I was wrong. The fifth chapter, go to the fifth chapter. I said third chapter, I meant the fifth chapter. Paul said like this in the fifth chapter. Um, verse 5 verse 6 he says for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything because that, that was the big thing let me let me make why he's representing that was the big thing again fellas imagine imagine getting saved when you're 35 40 man come behind you and say you know what I know Paul said you good but uh you got to get circumcised my man if you really want this thing to work for you, we got to go in the back. And we got to, now remember now, they, they didn't have operating rooms like we have today. <laughs> they used sharp edges of rocks. You know, you, you got to, you got to, you got to come on back here and we got to do something. Right, right, yeah, yeah, no anesthesia. They didn't, they didn't have all that stuff. They just went to hacking. Listen. Paul said, listen, Paul said, listen. He said, those folks that's doing that to you, he said, I wish they were cut off. I wish they were dead because they're putting you under all that scrutiny. Right? He says, he says, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And I'm going to stop there and we're going to pick up, we're going to pick up here Wednesday night um, because this chapter three is a powerful chapter. It's a powerful chapter. But for us, it's the just shall live by faith. We have to have a comprehensive working knowledge of what that means. Because all that God has called you to, all he's called you to accomplish, is going to be by faith and not by a legalistic works mentality. It's faith, then works. Not works, then faith. It's faith produces my works. Not my works produce my faith. It's easy to get it switched up. But we got to stay mindful that God has called you to liberty. Stand fast in the liberty with Christ that sets you free. And be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. That's what Paul declared in that first chapter, in the fifth, in the, in the fifth chapter, the first verse. But let's stand together. We're done. It's important for you. Well, there you have it. Um, again, we did something a little different today. We let you, we played an audio that came directly from our service. So uh, I pray that it was a blessing to you. I pray that you would share, you would like, um, you would comment on the message that was shared this with you today. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to perfect some aspect of your faith and, and help us to be a part of taking this gospel around the world. We're looking to make disciples. We're looking to make overcomers. Um, and that's what God has called us to do, to be able to overcome by faith. So thank you, God bless you, and I will see you next time right here.
from the Faith Life. Oh, 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 oh,